Welcome to Punch Bowl Paradise! Coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 54, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays, we reach in to Richie's mailbag to answer a question, and then finally draft our top hard-to-teach games. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. I'm Richie. Woo, the boys are back in town. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. God, you guys are good looking. Oh, okay. Well, Thanks. you know yeah. what? I haven't seen you in like two months, you yeah, know? I mean, I've not true. seen anyone outside of my family. That's true. In, yeah, a couple months. Uh, wow. <laughs> it is so good except to have the, you guys back. Except the burger dudes, the pizza pie <laughs> burger guy. No, I haven't gotten one. Oh, you I haven't? Called, I called one night and it was like a two hour wait. Oh, and when I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Uh, so, yeah, that I, I know. Wait. Oh, I had them last night. I figured night. they had a you know a huge order from Clef <laughs> that they were trying to get through. Probably. probably. That's probably true. He's, like, he's got them on speed dial, so. But the thing is, you don't even, even see the delivery drivers. They just drop them at your doorsteps now. Oh, yeah. You don't yep. even have to worry about seeing them. That's, That's right. nice. Yeah. DoorDash. Woo, boy. That's crazy. <laughs> that's, that might be the worst thing I've ever that's ever been developed for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, I mean, hopefully our audience is, is being patient with us. This is a third time's a charm here, which that's is right. why we finally and said, I, screw it, and I got think, together. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I understand why Chad unplugged his mic our last recording. Oh. And that's because of the, the story I told at the end of the episode. Too bad, Chad. I have that recording still, and that will be appearing at the end of this episode. Nice. Oh, man, are you kidding nice. me? People are still going to hear that story. I don't that care. That is okay. crud. That's, that, that, I that needs that. to happen. And I probably can't. My, my end doesn't even have my recording no, with my defense in it. be me and Clef laughing. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can, we, can we also have at the end of the recording so Chad actually talking about Euro Trip? <laughs> the two minutes that he talked? He, yeah. he talked about it more in that two minutes than he did with the, <laughs> the actual, with his, his punishment. punishment? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a, I'm a fan of Matt Damon. What can I say? <laughs> I tell you. Can we do, I'm, I'm serious about this. I know we spoke about it, but can we do, I, I want to do a weight loss challenge. I'm serious. I, something to make me competitive to make me drop this weight that I'm gaining from being. So well, you just word, brought us ice cream. So I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but we're not, that, we're not going the right way. That was like a peace offering for messing up the recording. <laughs> Maybe some of the uh, punch punch would like to uh, work with you for that challenge. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, maybe oh, oh. I don't know. Oh, you were talking about Richie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Like, oh. like nine or ten percent of our weight or something go. like that. Well, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I might have a second that. ice cream real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that that's I, okay. We we need to talk about that, but that's on another page. All right. We All can right. talk about board games. I know they want to hear about board games from us because we haven't been on the air in a while. Yeah, and we do play some board games. What'd you play? Well, I, you know what? I'm going to talk about three games i'm gonna pull a chat here and, and you know and, and, nice. and pull this up but i'm gonna talk about them all at the same time so over the past couple of weeks i have actually gotten to play three of what i would uh most people would refer to and i mean i know maybe not necessarily chad because i think feels of arlay is that arl arl just arl is your favorite from uva but um uh, three of the big ones for me are going to be lahav at the gates of loyang and agricola and I've gotten to play each one of those here uh, recently, and I just kind of want to talk a little bit about each one of those and, and kind of what I think of them. Now, as you guys know, Lahav is my favorite, and 
I mostly enjoyed it two players because that's what I've played it most of the time in my life with my wife. But I did get a chance to play a three-player game of it uh, last week. And the one thing I'll say about the three-player is you get to see a lot of different buildings that you don't get to see in the, you know, just in a two-player game. So that was kind of fun. But I'll still say I think I like it best at two-player. But I will say this. I almost am going to say another one of these three that I played I almost liked better than Lahav. So which one do you think it was? Agricola, baby. That was going to be my guess as well. Not even close. At the Gates of Loyang. Have you played this game? Sure. Yeah, I like that game. Have I have played, played it. Richie? it. I was all right with it. Did you I, play it at three or two? We played it at four. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> um, and when you play it at four, you're really playing, uh, basically, whenever you do the draft, whoever goes out third gets a little small disc, whoever goes out last gets the big disc, and they're on a team, and then the person who has the big disc gets to be, chooses whoever they get to basically have an opportunity to uh, be partners with, you know, so you can attack just that one person. So the game moves really swiftly because you're really playing two on two a lot of times. You're not waiting for each person to take a turn. And I just really love the card play in that and trying to figure out, okay, do I want to take this helper? Would help this? Or do I want to take market stalls? But more market stalls and more helpers cost you more for two packs. You know, there's just a lot of different things. But the mechanic I love the most in that game is at the end of the turn, you always can pay $1 to move up that path of prosperity. But then every other spot costs you whatever amount of money it is. And I just love the puzzle in that and trying to figure out just the perfect way to get up that track. I, I don't know. I just I've played the game a ton, but just I, it just kind of rekindled my love for that game. Overall, Lahav is still my favorite. But let's now talk about the third one in this. And that was Agricola. And I hadn't played this game in, boy, two years, probably. And oh, it was rough. Okay. We're not going to talk about the fact that I had five beggar cards at the end of the game. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, I just talked about it. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. And I, I, it was one of those where, you know, Chad, remember when we first played Lorenzo and you were like, wow, there's all these cards and I got to read all this stuff and I don't know what to do. I kind of felt like that where I'm looking at all these occupations and all these minor improvements and then the major ones. And I'm, and I was like, it'd been a long time since I played it. And I was just like, I don't even know what to do. I mean, there's just so many different options. And then I got to worry about, okay, you know, am I, do I need clay? Do I need, you know, uh, wood, you know, what am I doing? And it was really difficult at first for me to kind of get in the groove. And I think by the end of the game, I was okay. But obviously by that time, I was in terrible shape or whatever. Uh, it's good. And I really want to play it again. I think I would like to try to play it maybe two-player just to get a little bit more uh, you know, familiar with some cards and stuff like that and some interactions or stuff. But uh, you know, four-player was a little bit rough on me. But I did enjoy it. But I would still say... It's probably the third in those line for me. I, I definitely like Lahav and At the Gates better. I can understand that. I think that I've said this before, but the reason that my wife Stephanie, I think, likes Agricola is she's now become familiar with some of those occupation cards. We've played with different decks and stuff, but she's become familiar enough. And she wasn't too um, intimidated at the beginning because the smart thing is those worker placement spots turn over each round so you're just getting a little bit of information each time which is kind of the brilliance of even though that can be a heavy game you're not getting too much overload of information 
at the start. You know, you're not going to play like an awesome game of Agricola straight out of the gate, but at least as a new gamer, you're like, okay, I come to the table. I have these two, two or three spots open on my first turn. Oh, there's one more spot. What's that do? Okay. I'm ready to go. Let's go for the next round. So it's one of those games that even though it's heavy, I think you can still, we'll talk about this later, but I, I think you can still teach it to somebody. And I think they recommend like the beginner game is without the occupations and stuff for us. We wouldn't do that, but maybe for a, a newer gamer, you can start teaching somebody that way. And okay. it's a nice way cool. that they don't overload the information. Yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah, all three solid, good games. And you know, I, I, I enjoy them all. And uh, yeah, so that's really kind of what I've been playing. Uh, Chad, what have, what have you got to the table? Well, I've done a lot of family gaming lately because, you know, that's, that's who I'm with. And, and so that's been good. I've been getting some, some older, you know, days of wonder titles out and stuff like that with my son. He's now of the age that we can just whip through a teach of it and he's fine and he can play, which is nice. That that's been great. But one thing that we've really been playing a lot more of is the crew, which is a cooperative trick taking game, which sort of took off this last year or uh, towards the end of the year from Essen, I think. And uh, it's, it's been fun for us. If, if you'll permit me to explain the, the crew is basically a trick taking game where you are, you can play it on 50 missions that you're going through cooperatively, or you can just pick a mission out of the, out of the log book and go from there. But what you're trying to do is follow these tasks and, uh, complete these tasks each turn or each mission, let's say. And so there are, I believe, f- four suits of uh, different colors from one to nine. And then there is a rocket suit from one to four. And the rocket suit is Trump. Otherwise, it plays just like a regular trick-taking game. The suit that is led is the suit that the high card will take the trick in. So if I play uh, a pink eight, then everybody else who has pinks in their hand has to play one unless they play a rocket card, which of course is Trump. And the highest card will win. But you are taking task cards at the beginning of the mission and these tell you to do certain things. So maybe uh, in a task card I have that I've pulled, I have to now take a trick with a green two in it. So everybody can see that that's my task and they're going to try to help me do it because it's cooperative, right? Well, we can't talk about our hands. There's a communication issue there. So we have a little communication token on it. And that means that once per round or per mission, each player can put one of their cards down and take that communication token and put it on the card. So if I put that car, the token on the top of that card, that means this card is the highest of that color suit in my hand. If I put it in the center, it means this is the only card of that suit in my hand. If I put it at the bottom, it means this is the lowest card. So you're trying to give people the most information you can with that one signal, basically, so that you can tell them, here's what you need to play for me to take this trick, or here's what I have to help you take this trick. Things like that. Great time, really fun. You wouldn't think with the first couple missions that it would be that interesting because it's very bland, especially if you've never played trick takers before, but it builds on itself. And actually what it teaches you to do is 
how to play a trick-taking game. It teaches you how to keep track of what cards have been played, what cards might still be in people's hands, because each time you're dealing out the whole deck. So you, it, it really teaches you some of the basics. And as you ramp up in missions, you get to do more complicated things. There's one where the commander, and incidentally, the commander is the person who has the four of rockets in their hands. The commander gets to draw tasks first. Well, in this case, the commander asks everybody at the table who is who is good or healthy and who is sick. And everybody looks at their cards and kind of makes a decision on that without saying anything other than that information. And they choose the one sick person on the mission because there's a little bit of a story text, not much, but a little bit. And that person cannot take a trick for the whole length of that mission. So you're playing out all the cards in your hands without that person taking a taking a trick. So it's it's fun. It's uh, obviously that builds on something like Skull King, where you want to try to not take any tricks for a certain round, maybe if you're, you know, shooting the moon, so to speak. But it's a great time. Clef, I know you have this game, right? I, I did pick up a copy. You know, it's one of those things where I had heard a lot about the game and heard a lot of people saying how much they enjoyed it. So, of course, I was like, oh, well, I'll check this out and see what it is. And then I looked and I saw it was a trick taker and I was like, oh, you know, cool. And then I saw it was cooperative and i was like what (laughs) i mean come on but it was 15 bucks and i mean i think that was at that point i was trying to get up to 200 for miniature market to get a gift card or something (laughs) like that so what the heck so i'll throw it in the cart and it it arrived one night and my friend dan and my son mason were downstairs and i kind of told them a little bit about it and they both looked at me like yeah no not interested i'm like well, let's give it a shot. You know, I mean, I read the rules like, you know, nothing flat. And, oh, I don't know. Two hours later, we were through mission 20. Wow. <laughs> so, Jeez. Yeah. Uh, it was, it is a very entertaining game. And it is definitely, um, you know, and, and Chad, you made a good point on how it is almost can, can kind of teach you to how to do tricks. But it's almost when you're, and I don't want to call myself a skillful trick-taking player but certainly you know I, i've played skull king a ton and you know some other games and I, I it was a little bit tough on us all to be like almost like oh we're trying to win this trick together oh you know he needs to get a blue three well i can't toss out just a blue eight just randomly because what if the one person only has a blue three in their hand you know then we just lose so it was um it was it was just really neat and interesting and there was a lot of fun missions and you know uh you know, you guys know what my Skull, Skull King cards look like. Right? Yeah, they're, they're pretty scummy. Yeah. Well, good good news is, is I've already sleeved this. So. Because okay. <laughs> uh, I could tell it was going to come to that pretty fast. <laughs> Richie, I think you would like this. So the, so the two elements I think that are key in this game, A, there's this sort of... Now, it's not the same, but there's this sort of the thing of the mind when you do it, right? That you're like, yeah, right afterwards when everybody takes what they were supposed to do and does it well. There's that sort of a thing. And then the other element is that makes you feel clever is there's that Hanabi communication. So, yes, I could put a lot of cards down with that token and show you what I have. But when I figure out in my head which card and what way to place that token tells the most people, the most information at the table, you really feel smart, you know, because that that's really key. And so a lot of times you're trying to figure out what is the exact right thing to put down and show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to play. I bought it. I pre-ordered it, actually. And then it's just been sitting in the house. So, hey, maybe after this, we'll try to sneak in a game of the crew. I, I would not be opposed to that. All right. Richie, what about you? 
Well, we've been going back through our gift series since it's just been me and Jessica playing games for the most part. So we've been getting back into our abstracts. Out of the gift series, my, my three favorite are Devon, uh, Yinch, and then I think my favorite is Czar out of those three. With Czar, it's a, uh, it's a hexagon board. Each person has 30 pieces, and there are uh, different types of pieces. They have these weird names. They randomly try to like give this theme in the rule book. Can't remember what the names are, but uh, one of them you only have nine of. Then I think the next one you have uh, 10, or no, or like 11 or 12, and then uh, the other one you have 15 of. And as far as the, the different pieces go, like they don't have any inherent strength or anything like that. There's no differences outside of just the number that you have. And the goal of the whole game is to capture the last piece of one of those types of your opponent. And then you win the game. Or if you put yourself or you put your opponent in a, a position where they can't complete their, their full turn or the beginning of the turn. So all you do on your first move that you always are required to make is you have to capture an opponent's piece. Then your second option on your turn after you take that mandatory first move is that you can either capture again, trying to make your opponent weaker, or you can stack one of your pieces. Because when you go to capture, you can capture a piece that is the same height or lower. You could have several pieces that are being stacked, but you, you have these pieces on the board, but you're also making yourself weaker because now you've taken away another one of your types. So you're trying to go back and forth, even if you're not into abstracts. Like this is one that I think you and Missy would actually hmm. like, Clef. So even okay. if you're not into abstract, this one's very easy to teach and it's interesting as far as when you're making that decision on what to go after and then like i said after, as soon as you get it to where you've captured all of one type of piece you win the game or if you get it to where they cannot make that first capture so they're put in a position where none of their pieces can make a capture then you also win the game if you have not looked at the gift series and you're not you know a little iffy on abstracts i would say start with czar and then you can branch out from there but mm. czar is definitely my favorite okay might nice. have to try to borrow that from you yeah, yeah, yeah. because i mean she really likes the two-player kind of mind like she likes shot and totten you know okay yeah, lines, yeah you know i mean she likes those yeah. type of type of game so yeah so yeah i'm gonna have to loan them be... to you then because okay. i think i think those three i think mm -hmm. you would actually really like you know I'm, I'm i'm a little bit hurt though i thought maybe your recent player you're going to talk about our amazing sushi go game that we started on board game arena <laughs> I, one i was shocked <laughs> when i got the invite from from clefster on board game arena for sushi go and i was like okay well i mean i'll i'll play it <laughs> wow what um, happened there well remember my challenge is to play 120 new games <laughs> for the year um that's in serious jeopardy right now have I mean, you never not, played sushi go before i've never played sushi oh go my oh, gosh. I, that's why i just picked it well, and i go. was like it can't be that hard <laughs> oh and gosh. i already figured it out it took me about two minutes <laughs> i just i just figured when i heard that that you were desperate for like people no, to play with no no i've got, no, oh, I've got multiple games yeah. going yeah. and stuff yeah no i've i've not problems there but uh, just, you know, I was like, well, I'll try something new. And all right, all I right. thought it was pretty funny to invite you and, and Ben Coverly <laughs> and Jason Brandt. You know, I thought, That's well, this, good. this will be a fun little game. <laughs> well, we've all done more online gaming recently, and that's actually been a pretty good thing, a, a way to kind of chat. And I especially like it when we can get on either Tabletop Simulator and talk or Discord channels people are doing, which is nice. But I do really quick want to give, give a shout out to, to Toby Mao. He is married to Ambi, Ambi Rona. You know, sure. Sure. Uh, she of uh, the Dice Tower and 18xx fame, and he has created a website 18xx.games, and um, it's great. I you can play 1889 on there, and I did so with a couple of our listeners. I think maybe a weekend or two ago, and it was it was fantastic. It was yeah, great. It was I a wanted good time. to join, but unfortunately, I did, I yeah. 
had to work and I couldn't I couldn't get there at the beginning or anything. So, yeah. If I get more comfortable with the interface, I can get us a game going. So okay. yeah, it's right. really awesome. not. I mean, it, it's really not a tough game because all you need to really know is the private companies. And then basically, once you know those, it's 1830 rules, but a very base set of 1830 rules. So just just not a lot of um, not a lot of Chrome to that game, not a lot of extra rules. And uh, once you know basics of 18xx and stuff, it's just you can go from there. And it's nice because the bank is smaller, so it's a quicker game. Okay. And I mean, and if any of our listeners would like to play a game or join, we do have on our Slack channel, we actually have an 18xx uh chat room or whatever yep. so that people can yep. join too so and an online gaming uh an online gaming forum there too yeah yeah, yeah. So that's definitely. been very busy lately so yep. and if you want to hit us up uh and get on the slack channel let us know you can hit us up at punchboardparadise at gmail.com which speaking of which is how we get our mail oh richie do we have any mail yeah mail? we got some mail in there Ooh, all right So our question for today comes from Gabriel Perez, and he is asking, what are your top podcasts you listen to, whether board game related or not? So I'm actually curious what Clef, because I don't even think Clef really listens to podcasts. I know he doesn't listen to this one. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Well, I mean, I do three times for this one. Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's a little different. (laughs) You know, I, I, I really don't listen to any non-board game related podcasts. I've thought about it, you know, and I, I know that there's some good history ones. I'm a big history fan, but uh, I don't really, Joe Rogan experience, I guess I've listened to a couple yeah. of times, um, you know, so if he has a guest on that I'm interested in, but board game wise, uh, you know, some of the big ones, I mean, I definitely still listen to the Dice Tower with uh, Tom and Eric. I still enjoy, you know, just their top tens and their banter and, you know, them together, I, I enjoy. And then uh, definitely listen to Heavy Cardboard. He doesn't make a lot of podcasts anymore but you know when he does i i tend to enjoy those a lot good deep dives occasionally if i see a game that's out there you know i might listen to like a blue peg pink bag or you know like a secret cabal you know those are a couple ones that i also listen to and then the other one that i listen to probably almost uh, the most would be ben maddox five games for doomsday i uh, just always find that to be very interesting it's he always gets really interesting guests that are in the hobby And it's just, you know, I mean, the five games is always kind of just a extra part of it, but his interviews are very insightful and you get to learn a lot. He just recently had Matt Leacock on there, which was kind of, you know, obviously in the times we're in, it was uh, kind of one of those interesting things. And to hear him talk about, you know, just how a pandemic came around and just, uh, you know, how his life has changed and different things is just very, very interesting. And in fact, also Ben's had a lot of good just talking to people, you know, five, 10 minute interviews just on how your life has changed, you know, like Stephen Bonacore, you know, some how the industry you know what what's going to happen and obviously different things are going on so those are the main ones that i listen to definitely chad what about you well i of course listen to a ton of podcasts uh especially about board games i'm i'm always listening to those so all right i usually listen at like 1.7 oh yeah i don't believe that oh my goodness i don't believe remember that car ride he's like hey let's listen to this and i was like i I can't even understand them they're talking so fast like nothing was wrong and we're like wait what's happening here (laughs) well regardless (laughs) 
<laughs> these are the podcasts I think sound really good at 1.75 speed. Uh, <laughs> um, game Brain actually has been a, they just celebrated their first anniversary and they're a, a game group out of California. They're all like writers in uh in hollywood area and uh so they're extremely um well spoken it's it's fun to listen to them talk about a game it's different from us <laughs> so so there's what, what are you trying to say there yeah <laughs> uh there there's also a eight an 18xx podcast that i like out of south africa by two gentlemen named derailed and i i do like their insights that i've been listening to and then of course a board game adjacent which actually just a second i, I I just want to say the the board game geek golden geek nominations have been handed out and we want to say thank you to everybody who voted of course we didn't make it obviously but we know that a lot of people have contacted us let us know they voted and we always appreciate your support and we want to say congrats to the 10 nominees every one of the people on that list was deserving and i listened to every single one of those those podcasts i mean granted at 1.75 but still i do listen and uh, enjoy all their content so Congrats to those guys. Well-deserved. But the other board game adjacent podcast that I listen to is Death by Monsters. It's a podcast featuring Matthew Jude, and uh, I think he comes from a, a podcast that is called This Game is Broken. I believe that's right. I, forgive me if it's not, but he's he's done a bunch of podcasts, and, and this one is featuring uh, kind of eerie or monster stories that he tells to Nick Murphy and Paula Deming, both of which are, are well-known in the gaming community for their... Um, their fun and and humor in the board game atmosphere. So it's it's fun to listen to those. I, I enjoy those. And then of course I listen to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, which those things are long. You you definitely need to listen to those at least at one point seven if you want to get anything done. But those are are really are really good too. And actually Edward from Heavy Cardboard turned me on to that one. So those are a few that I listen to. I know Richie, you work with your podcast in a lot of times during the day. So oh, you, yeah. you get a lot podcast, of listening. I'm trying to get back through the expanse and whoop, that's rough, but we'll, <laughs> uh, well, we'll save that, that for ex- the expanse. That's rough. Yeah. We'll save that for another day. Oh, okay. But I'm still watching it. I don't, I don't know why, but I still am watching it. Um, <laughs> I've moved on. I'm watching McMillions right now. So okay, that's, okay. It, it, that sounded interesting. Yeah, it's, it is much <laughs> but, more than expanse so far. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're not going to get into it now. Okay. All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> so uh, the podcast, I, I don't listen to that many board game podcasts, honestly. I Pretty much the Dukes of Dice is really the only board game podcast I regularly listen to and stay up on, uh, just because I've been listening to them since they started. Uh, the non-board game related ones that I listen to a lot, I do listen to uh, uh, Rogan uh, quite a bit. Uh, History Hyena. They're nowhere near uh, Dan Carlin as far as like actually talking about history and getting into it. Like I love his Genghis Khan uh, episodes, but they're funny. So, I mean, it would be just like the, whatever podcast you said before that, you know, comparing it to us, <laughs> where, <laughs> where the, the, uh, the level of, are you, are you trying to say well-spoken? Well-spoken yeah, one, exactly. as opposed to <laughs> oh, us, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but the host, Chris Stefano and, uh, Giannis Papis are hilarious. So check that out if you have not. Uh, and then the only one I can think of that I listen to regularly would be Bad Friends, uh, with Andrew Santino and, uh, Bobby Lee, who are also comedians. That, that's usually where I stick to is something related to 
comedy. Okay, this is a serious question that I, I want to know. Like, what? How does a history podcast go? I mean, they go, "Hey, we're going to talk about Genghis Khan this episode," and then they would just start to tell about well, Dan Carlin does history? like real research. Now, history hyenas. If you're going there for history, I mean, don't don't. But okay. if you're going there to laugh, it's different. But. Okay, so they're just messing around or whatever. But okay, so yeah. the serious one though. I mean, what does it mean? Just like he just starts in. It's almost like a thesis, and he's like, "Okay, so here's what this class is about," and mm-hmm. he starts in. But the funny thing about Dan Carlin is really like just his voice and the way he speaks sounds just annoyed in the first place like you asked him a stupid question and now he, <laughs> okay. now he's going to answer you and <laughs> so the subtext is always listen moron <laughs> but it is it's really interesting though well, i'm going to check that out because i do love history i would i would recommend it dan carlin hardcore history okay. and don't worry you're never going to get through an episode in one sitting i think like no some we, of them are like six hours long we oh listen to the God. genghis khan me and jessica listen to the genghis khan one on our way to ohio yeah oh wow yeah. so but it, it's at very normal interesting speed. at normal, normal speed <laughs> Well, Gabriel, thanks so much for the email question. Like I said, you, you can always email us more questions at punchboardparadise at gmail, or you can get on the Slack channel, or you can go to our guild 3227. <laughs> We've got new patrons this month, though, right, Clef? We do, uh, which is super exciting, and we really want to give a big shout out. And one of the things we like to do is we just kind of like to say who's helping us out. So, Chad, one of the rewards is you get to read their names, so I don't talk. <laughs> 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 we're gonna get like more and more what levels next next month like I'll, hey how can we get more of these yeah. <laughs> i i can do i'll do one of them and okay. you do the rest okay right. one of our new ones is jordan hopper yeah right. nice so now look at there, there you nailed go. it for you jordan thank 10 you 10 minutes before we started the episode yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. right snuck in there Woo, very and nice. we also i'll I'll, okay. I'll do the next one because this yes. is a good one chad cornelson oh very nice oh maybe richie will do one maybe it's, it's all new it's all new here <laughs> richie's looking at us like i don't even know I, what you're talking I about i don't have the list of names so you no. don't think even the list of names aaron schmidtkins evan scussell also evan all right I, I, that's right. I am really looking Ivan. forward to one day getting to play a game with Evan. He's got a lot of yeah. similar tastes. Yeah, yeah, he does. And uh, he really likes to deep dive into a lot of games, too. Yeah, he, absolutely. He's really been active on our uh, Slack chat. So it's, yep. it's been nice and, yeah. and really been. Having I saw the insights. other day he posed a good question on uh, expansions. expansions. Like what game, yeah, yeah really, and really unfortunately, I've been so busy, I didn't even have a chance to answer it. But I, it, but it was it was good talk and stuff there. So. so, gentlemen, thank you so much for being patrons. We really appreciate it. We completely understand that this is a crazy time for a lot of people very stressful we don't expect this sort of thing we're always glad if you can support us if it if you can't we totally understand and have been there before too if you want to you can just be a loyal listener and promote the podcast on the social media and give us reviews and those are things that you can do too also if you would like to get a t-shirt richie can tell you where you can do that you can head on over to punchboardparadise.threadless.com yeah so there you go thank you so so much for any and all of your support we are this podcast is is yours if we didn't have anybody listening to us and anybody interacting with us it wouldn't still be a thing so we appreciate you thank you one of the perks of being a patron is that we at a certain level i think it's the ten dollar level yes we do we'll read your top 10 on the air and discuss it just a little bit. So Jason Brent is one of our patrons. Yeah. I, I think more pick it apart is more what I think. Oh, we're okay. Well, pick it, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, <laughs> no, we don't yeah. have to be nice about this. No, no, no. No. <laughs> so basically give us $10 to get ridiculed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so I'm going to read Jason's top 10, and we can, I don't, well, we just discuss this game, sure. this game here. Yeah. Okay. So at number 10, he has what will probably be the 2019 game of the year. It'll probably be the family game of the year. Or it'll probably be the strategy game of the year. <laughs> probably the art game of the year and the overall game of the year, uh, which is Wingspan. <laughs> I sense some sarcasm there. Uh, I, I will say this. I, it's really hard to disagree that that is not going to be one of the most important games in the last year or so because of all the different attention it's brought to board oh, games. Yeah, definitely. And sure. and the and also just showing because this is what Elizabeth set out to do is show we can make games about this and people are interested and it's true people are really interested yeah no you know she made a great game Stonemeyer did a great job of yeah. producing it and you know it's a it's a very nice package you know and I I joke about the fact that you know I mean it, it does seem to me you can't have a family game and a strategy and game be the and strategy a card game, game of the year. and uh, yeah. you know I mean you can't have every category wingspan I mean give, give some away there <laughs> but. Uh, no, it is, um, you know, and I, and I think, you know, we, I think we cooled on it a little bit just simply because, you know, it, it doesn't have as much interaction as maybe as what we like, but this was a game when we first played it, we played it quite a bit and it's a solid, good game. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. It's, it's still in my collection. I still play with Jessica every once yeah, in a while. Absolutely. So. Yeah. yeah. My wife loves it. So. Yeah. All right. Number nine is Takanoko. We still like the 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 panda I, game at my house. Have I've you never, never played it? Never, I don't oh, you never played, played it. it. I don't hey, think so. You, Whoa! We're gonna have to go through it. Now this is one that they they tell as a, a gateway game. Yeah. And I've tried teaching this to like non gamers, and there's a lot more rules. It's like one of those like it's just slightly above like gateway gateway. It's you know just saying? certain things about it. You you have to be like okay, these canals go this way, but they can't run that way. Yeah, and, and then the triggering of the growth. Like it's yeah. it's one step too far for like most like non-gamers right the ones that are going to gonna be excited about the cute panda yeah exactly yeah. exactly which one is the one where you eat the bamboo that's the one the, yeah, oh, okay that's the then one. i have played it a long time ago okay it's so there a you long go time. darn yeah. it it's not gonna help yeah. here <laughs> well anyway it's it's good all right number eight is seven wonders i okay. have not played that in a long time i have not played it what? Never. No, played. it's a blind never, spot. When I got into the oh. hobby, it's like one of those where it's just if you move, it, by like it, everyone else. I mean, everyone that I had met had moved past it, yeah. and they just had not played it, in, or they just don't play it anymore. And yeah, and then I met you two, and I know you're not going to pull it off your shelf. <laughs> well, now that I know this, I'm. <laughs> I play it. I, I just I prefer uh, duel, but you know th that's I, only two players. I, I, I have played duel. I prefer dual two, but I will. I don't mind seven one when, but you got to add in like the okay. leaders and city, and I mean I like it with all the stuff going on because then there's a lot more interaction. I think. And I even okay. owned it, so and I ended up selling. I owned it with a couple of expansions and never played it. Never <laughs> played it. <laughs> all right, number seven is this one. Uh, Richie's going to be all over. Is good old Napon. Oh yeah, nice. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. That's partly due to Richie. I, bet. I think that is a lot to do with Richie yeah. right there. So I, that's a great game. I'm glad to hear that. Then, if that yeah. is the case, uh, number six is our good friend Ryan Courtney's Pipeline. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, so yeah. that's I didn't know that. I, I didn't know he had played that one before. Mm. Uh, that's I didn't get a chance to play or talk to him about that one. But that's great. So I was listening. I wish I could remember, but I was listening to a podcast the other day, and somebody was talking about that, teaching that to their non-gaming sister-in-law and along with some other games and that was just the one that she gravitated towards some mm. of the other ones like she didn't like everdell everdell annoyed her but pipeline she was like man this game this is awesome i love this game and she figured Solid it game. out more than anybody That's i mean awesome. i think there's just sometimes economic games can click with some people just because it's like oh yeah i know let's right. make money you know and i'm excited to see what the expansion brings once they absolutely get that done yeah so. absolutely all right number four 
Brass Birmingham. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Any brass is good brass. There you go. I apologize. I, I That was number four. I missed number five because I was so excited about it. Then we missed it. <laughs> number five, I apologize, is a game that I personally first taught Jason this game. And then he won our giveaway copy at ATB Con. Oh, that made City. me City of the Big Shoulders. I put all my tickets in yeah. that in that bucket. He took it away from you. I know. <laughs> took it to Arizona and not yeah. bringing it back. <laughs> he did. That's why. You know what? I think he even said. Somebody said on our Slack channel. There, everybody was posting pictures of uh, Roxley game chips. Those like four hundred counters that people are getting in yep, and stuff. Yep. And I got mine into. I, I Scrooge McDucked them when I uh, when I got home that night, but. He was so excited. He said City was going to be the first game he's playing Absolutely. with it. That's, that's going to be the first I'll play with him. That's, that's the perfect for, game for it. Yeah. Okay, so I said for, uh, number four was Brass Birmingham. And then number three is Scythe. Mm. So another Stonemeyer game I got to get here. that out again. Yeah, yeah I just built that the, uh, I built the, I have the legendary box and I bought an insert for it. Mm. Built the insert so I, mm, I need to actually get it out insert. the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I was trying not to buy board games, I had my money had to go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I still want to play it with the alternative in conditions in, 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 yeah. in conditions because that was one thing that just kind of got a little old for me. I think the Wind it's, Gambit's really expan- cool. expansion. Has yeah, that, the Wind yeah. Gambit had those. Yeah, but there's so much more interaction even in the in the last expansion too. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, well, number two. Well, Jason can't be perfect with everything. <laughs> Uh, terraforming Mars. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's perfect for our our, our audience. For, for our yeah, audience, yeah, you know, I'm everybody. sure. Yeah, Chad C. Right now is you know hooping sure. and hollering for it, sure. Well, I mean, come on. There's a so. there's a big reason. Also, you have to remember, like, it, it basically is race for the galaxy with a board put on there. I think a lot of it. Anyway, yeah, with a lot more, a lot more okay. stuff <laughs> put on it and time. <laughs> and then his number one, and this I cannot disagree with this game. This is a very, very good pick and a solid game, and that is Russian Railroads. Oh, oh yeah, good choice, so very good. good yeah, pick. I got a chance to play a game with him online on uh, on Board Game Arena on this. So, oh, yeah. nice. This is um, one where, uh, and for Evan's question, as far as expansions went, I, I said uh, the German Railroads expansion is one that, I mean, if we're going to put this on the table, that's, I want the German expansion there. Okay. Well, or, or American. I mean, I'm good. Or with, American. I'll yeah. do American or German. Yeah, not but, bait. I like, yeah. I, I, I love the base game so, but. If right. I have the option, I'm going to I'm take gonna one do of those. it too. I yeah. agree with you. I, obviously, when you play it on Board Game Arena, you got to play the base, and I was still like, yeah. it's good. It's still fun. But I, but I would agree with you. German or American are almost must when I play that game. It feels like I am a mouse in a exper- an experiment when I play that game, and just keep like dinging that thing that gives me points. And oh just, yeah, like, yeah. Going straight to my limbic system. Like, yeah, Ooh, I just scored all these points. Yeah, Ooh, yeah so good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So there's Jason's top ten That's overall. Solid list. Solid list good right there. List. Thanks, that is, Jason. That is a good punch bunch list right there. Yeah. All right. I'm excited. We have not done a draft in a while, guys. Woo. Let's I'm, do this. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling Chad talking a lot about Eurotrip after this <laughs> one. <Shut up>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, today we're going to draft games that are hard to teach. So we kind of talked a little bit about this, like what kind of criteria we use for this. And obviously this is each of our own individual list of how we do this, but we did come with a couple of rules that uh, it does have to be a game that you have either taught yourself 
or you've sat in on a teach. So you cannot pick, you know, advanced squad leader or something right, like right. that that you've never played or seen or anything like that. Otherwise, you know, it's just it's just one of those things where, I mean, it could be something that's like a lot of rules. It could just be something that it's really hard for people to understand and, and it just takes you a lot of time to to kind of go through the rules or hand-holding. So, so anyway, so without further ado, Richie, why don't you tell everybody how we draft here at Punchboard Paradise? So at Punchboard Paradise, we like unique lists. That's why we draft, and it's going to be a serpentine draft, which all that means is that if you draft last in the first round, you're going to draft first in the second round. We're going to roll off to see who gets to go or who gets to set the draft order, and then we'll get to drafting. I'm feeling good about this one, guys. No way. Watch, watch Chad's. He might lie. I know. Watch Chad's. <laughs> Always lying. Two. Four. Two. Yeah. Somebody besides Chad won the dice roll. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does that mean I got to go second? I got to go second. I got to go second. No. Oh, what? <laughs> yes. Chad's going to go what? second. You you get the, the double pick at the end. Oh, yeah, I'll take it. All right. Yeah. Okay. All I'm, right, I'm definitely right, going right. first. All right. Well, I, I assume. Yeah. Pick, <laughs> I'm the only idiot who's ever won the die roll and, and not went first. Not first yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. All right, so f- for my first pick, and this is the game that when we got this uh, topic, and this is the first game that popped in my head, and that's Root uh, uh, by yeah. Cole Worley and Leader Games. And this is uh, the hard part is teaching everyone their factions, and then everyone, and then while they're trying to understand their faction, what they're supposed to be doing, they also really need to listen to the rest of the teach so that they know exactly what everyone's doing on the board and how to stop them. Kinda. Exactly. Yeah, and that's, that's that's really that's the tough main to thing. Teach. Yeah. Because you, if you're just doing your own thing and then, you know, the birds run away with it or whatever. So it's, you, you really have to get everyone focused in and as you go through each faction. The, the actual base rules that are the universal rules as far as like for fighting and different things, movement, stuff like that is super easy. It's just teaching those factions. And, and that's also my favorite part about it, the game is the different factions. So I want more factions. I want to, you know, I want the game to get even harder to teach down the road. There's just a lot of layers in mm-hmm. that game and i think that's partially for me why maybe i didn't like it as much as at first mm-hmm. now i know we talk and joke it's still not a game that i am pulling to the table i'm not ever going to ask to play this game but i do have a lot of i mean you know it's one of your favorites it's it's yeah. obviously my friend dan's favorite game your son uh, your son one of your sons you know, favorite? yep one of my sons his favorite game so i am willing to play it and am not miserable playing it because I think I understand it a little bit better, but it's definitely one of those when you don't understand it. I mean, I remember when I played that Vagabond, I was just like, what is, <laughs> this is stupid, you know? So yeah, no, I, that's a great pick, Richie. Yeah. Well, and the thing is about that game, it's almost like, I, I, and I think this is the way they meant it to be, it's a coin game. It's like my little coin game. You know, it's like yeah, the basically. introduction to coin series kind of. But the interesting thing is because of what leader games had done before with Vast and some of those, the mechanisms are even further removed from faction to faction than they might be in a coin game. Like they're they're, they're so disparate from faction to faction. Even when like I just played a distant plane online with with a, a friend uh, a week ago. And even those faction mechanisms were more the, alike than, say, the right. the the birds and the uh, the vagabond. So it does present definite teaching teaching pitfalls. So good yeah, choice, absolutely. All right, so that's my first pick. Root, Chad, take it away. I will go with a pretty big, beefy, heavy game, and I'm going to say Arkwright. I don't think Arkwright is the hardest game to teach, but I think the appeal track, which is key in that game, is really hard to understand. 
if you've never done it. It's just one of those things that you just don't understand how the interaction works until you do it. And then it, a light sort of clicks on and, and you start to get it. I mean, there are the differences in, in, the, in how your points and the stocks work and those interplays as well. But really the appeal track is key. And so then when you when you put all that together, which can take, you know, 45 minutes, and then you put the special action tiles on top of it, which can be really confusing. It's a tough teach. And personally, I wouldn't teach the, I think the water frame. I don't know if it's spinning Jenny or water frame that is the simpler one. I can't I remember. Spinning, spinning Jenny, Jenny okay. is the base. Yeah, yeah so spinning Jenny is, is not really, it doesn't, let's say it doesn't turn the crank for me. So I'm just going to teach it all at once. But regardless... It's it's a tough teach. So, yeah, um, it is definitely one of those games where it's a very long teach. There's a lot of stuff going on, and what I have found the problem with it is is not only once I teach the entire game, then I have to say, and now here are thirty plus different special tiles that you immediately before we do anything almost you have to pick one of these tiles yeah <laughs> and people just look at you with this blank look of okay what do i tell you know and it's it's very hard um you really a lot of hand holding as the game goes on so yeah definitely uh that's great pick chad i that was one of my top ones on my list and yeah. that's a good way to put it i think that's one where you say you know what this is your first time you're going to take this tile okay and we'll work with that right yeah <laughs> yeah but but sometimes you don't have players that like that you right know, that's true you do have to teach you know, to the player but uh yeah. especially with so many tiles out there and right. a lot of them are interesting a lot of them are powerful yeah so it i mean it, it's it's hard to push someone down a, a certain road because obviously you don't know what they want to do yeah so, and they don't know what they want to do right but yeah uh d definitely good pick chad what do you got this game honestly might be what i would think of is the heaviest in my collection for uh teaching wise and it is because not only do when i teach it are there are a lot of rules it's going to be a long teach not only am i teaching okay here's what you're doing with these spots but then oh by the way in the second part of the game where you put those things it's also going to matter and that's madeira um one of obviously one of my favorites it's in my you know top five of all time i absolutely love this game but it is a bear to teach and it's really tough uh it, before the world went to poop we uh i got to teach this to um to tony and nathan and his wife melissa fort at uh the great plains game festival there that last day and i think we started at like oh i don't know 10 in the morning and we got done at about three o'clock in the afternoon you know yeah and that's just that type of game i mean it's it's a long game and it's a lot of uh you know holding hands and, and making sure you understand it because not only after you explain all this then you've got those crowns requests that you gotta you know oh by the way you need to focus on that and it's so hard for a new player to even be like oh my god i don't even know what i'm doing more or less let me focus on that you know part of the problem with that and this is what's your game speaking of heavy what's your game's heaviest game by far but part of the problem with that is that those crowns requests are also five-step things so you're like oh yeah okay i'll do that shipping oh what do you mean i had to go get wood this last turn oh i totally did not go up here and plant wood or get wood or right you know right. <laughs> well the, the planning is really tough in that game if you're not used to definitely it. and i know with the the pirates in that game yeah that most really people are very which you know when you first play it you, you should be wary of them but people are so worried about taking them but you shouldn't be that game you have to take pirates in that game yes 
to win that game. You cannot just try to say, I'm not, it's not like Lahav where you're like, oh, I'm not going to take a loan and you can actually still win the game. You have to take Pirates at some point, and yet when is the point where you need to start making sure to start eliminating them, you know, and getting them back mm-hmm. and everything. So, yeah. So, all right. So, that's my number one pick, Madeira. So, my number two pick, I literally could pick any one of the games in this designer's catalog. But the one that I'm going to pick from Vital Lacerda is Vinos. And to be specific, I am going to say the original 2010 with the bank uh, version of Vinos. Now, the crazy thing, and some, you know, sometimes with Lacerda games, is there's very few actions that you have to take. I mean, like in Vinos, there is a nine by nine grid where you're just simply moving your piece from one spot to the other and you're taking that action. So there's not like a, oh my goodness, not like a, you know, a, a, a feast for Odin where it's like, okay, here's 30,000 different action spaces that you have to choose from. It's very small, but it's so much strategy in the game of, you know, of, uh, of trying to figure out what to do in here. So when you're trying to teach that, it's like, how do I say, well, you know, this is something you want to do and this is something. And you go through all those different, those just basic actions. And then not only that, but then you say, oh, by the way, after round four, we've got a fair that you have to do. Mm-hmm. And now you have to worry about these wine experts and these wine experts can do this, but they can also do this. And then you can turn them in and then you'll secretly bid them. Uh, you put the barrels up there and you have to move the barrels back and forth. And some of them are scoring. You know, There's just so much depth in that game that it's a really, really hard game to not only uh, you know to teach, but to kind of make anybody understand exactly kind of what the strategy is. Um, and Chad, I don't know if you remember the time me and you, we had played the the 2016 version and we then decided oh well we can go play the 2010 this is no problem oh that was a problem (laughs) (laughs) well we were just taking the the manual right out of the box i mean we didn't go down yeah it was wrong with any vital game yeah it was a mess it was a mess but but i will say actually because we all have talked many a time about my venus death spiral on the bank the bank is what makes that venus for me by the way but it's the wine fair that's tricky. It's just yeah. the it's the wine fair rules. You know, usually in in a Vital game, which I love them, you know I do, but there's one part of the game where you're like, okay, well, how, do, how does that work again? <laughs> you know, whether it's the chairs in yep. the meeting in, yep. in Kanban, or, and, and this is the same thing. It's the wine fair. So that's what's really sticky in understanding that. Yep, agreed. Yeah, it's set up on my table right now. I, I taught Jessica a long time ago. Obviously, she's yep, completely forgotten it. it. Yep, so, <laughs> I have to reteach her. I'm not looking forward to it. All, and like you said, because I mean, you only have like what 12 actions total in the game, or like in, in somewhere between like 12 and 15 actions, like where you're placing your guy and uh, taking the action. Yeah, I don't even think it's that many. I think yeah, it's, it's like eight. Yeah, it's it's, it's like low. That's it. So yeah, once you teach uh, all that, and then you go. Now well, you, you have. I think it's eight rounds, and you have two actions per round. I okay, guess. So, so yeah, okay, but still, go. it's very low. Yeah, yeah you got to get those many. barrels going to right. do anything. Yeah, to and, get it rolling. Yeah, yeah, after you teach them, they're like, oh, okay, I guess I can do that in that many yeah. turns, whatever. Uh, it, it's it's rough. All right, so that's my number two, Vinos, two thousand and ten. All right, good pick. Uh, it's around to me again. You guys are going to be a little bit surprised, I think. Uh, this is not what most people would think of when they thought of hard-to-teach games, I think. But I, I'm i going to go with a party game, actually. What? Yeah, I'm going to go with a party game. All and right, I'm excited to hear this. Listen, I, I am excited to hear this. This is, uh, this is actually... I think you're going to agree with me on this, Clef. It's actually a deduction party game. 
It is Decrypto, okay? Oh, because okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that is one of those games where you understand a little bit how you how the deduction part of it works, but you're thinking, okay, so I've got these spy tokens or these these clue token kind of things, and and now I'm gonna give you some words that correspond to these numbers up here, and you're you know the other team on the other side is gonna do this thing. Every single game of this, if there are new gamers, every single teach ends with, okay, we're just going to do it, and then you're going to see how it works, <laughs> yep. all right? All right, I because, agree with that, yep. <laughs> because that is just the way that, that Decrypto has to work, it seems like. It's very hard to teach it without doing a run-through example. Yeah, and I think, at least for me, I was the same way. I remember hearing the rules and going, what? And then you play two rounds and you're like, okay, I got it. So, yeah, yeah, super I, simple once you get it, but yeah. the explaining it is definitely hard. Yeah, so. I, I don't know if there's a if there's a way to teach it without doing it, but I haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. So Decrypto is my second pick. Great pick, Chad. pick. Great pick, yeah. All right, so my second pick is a game that I only play with Chad. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, how did I even forget I, this one? I don't know how you passed this one. I'm so mad at myself. <laughs> and that is Matai and I, the hardest card game that I think that I have in my collection. To <laughs> no change. doubt. And it, it's one where every time I pull it out with Jessica, she just shakes her head and she's like, "Again? Like, <laughs> you're gonna have to teach me again because you play so many games, I don't remember any of them." So, Richie's um, like, "Can I just call Chad?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, w- I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know. Maybe it's the works that really complicate things, the backorder sales. There's just a lot of random things in this small deck of cards that make it extremely difficult to teach. And then if you're you're brave enough, like me, me and Chad have down the base game. We can sit down and play that. Uh, we played the expansion once, and it, it took us a while to get through that game. Mm-hmm. And we haven't played it since, so we haven't brought it out since. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was good. It was just that now we kind of forgotten it and i don't really feel like learning that well and we and we have like now we we can play it back and forth and we have this kind of shared knowledge of the game game and it just it just feels smooth but yeah buddy you know anytime that she gives you that look when you bring it out you can call me (laughs) all right i probably won't even make you paint something afterwards too so (laughs) i don't i do not want to talk about what i gotta do now (laughs) got done building a play set now she's talking about a paver patio oh yes she spent all last weekend uh, drawing out this thing for permits, and I, was, <laughs> I don't, Ooh. I did not know you were a contractor when I married you. <laughs> a little sad now. <laughs> a little surprise. <laughs> uh, so that's my second pick, Matai and I. For my third pick, I'm going to go uh, with a game that I think Clef and uh, Joe kind of did a team teach on at Great Plains a couple years ago, and that's Feudum. Oh, oh wow. Okay. And, and this is one of those games that I would say that everyone has to at least try to read the rule book beforehand or watch a video, something. You can't just show up and just hear the rules and be good You're like you, you need some you, yeah. need, you need a little pre-download before you you jump into this and it's there's just so many random rules in the game it's a, a beautiful game to look at I, I ended up picking it up even though at the end of that game we weren't that satisfied with the game i still picked up a copy of it because i want to try the solo okay. uh, variant in it uh, and maybe try to teach jessica i don't know it's probably not gonna happen <laughs> i mean you're requiring her a, a you're requiring patio. her to yeah, read the rule book and watch. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> good luck with that i have an assignment <laughs> for honey, you today honey yeah. <laughs> after this paper patio goes in i think that i'm gonna have some leeway for uh, what i can put on might. the table okay <laughs> that's how i feel um uh. but yeah, it, it is a game that it, it probably just needed a little bit more development 
even though I know the designer doesn't feel that way because they have released a ton of expansions for the game, which have just add on more, more and more rules. Yeah. But it is a cool looking game and I'm looking forward to playing it more. And that is Feudum. Uh, yeah, I I obviously, I, I had it, and I, and I did sell, I sold it to Joe. I did sell it because, quite frankly, I don't want to teach it ever again. Yeah, yeah. I just do not want to give the effort into teaching it. It's just too long. I mean, even with, and I think everybody at the table had went and did a little bit of homework, watched a video before we played. Yes. And it still took 45 minutes to talk and explain yeah. the game. Yeah. It, it is a, just a long, lots of different little what ifs and this and that you know there's just a, a lot of things there uh but i'm you know sad in a way that i i don't because i would like to mm. play it yeah but the good news is joe still lives right here so i'm pretty sure i can yeah, play it there, if I need to, there so. I, i've never played it but it, it this is interesting because it's like what we had as a discussion about a week ago on the slack channel and with that particular game there are kernels of goodness in that it just seems like there could have been a little bit more development done to make it more friendly to yeah just to a new little players. bit of streamlining would have gone a long way yeah i think yeah and i mean as we've talked about sometimes with independent designers you know producing their own thing they don't have any handcuffs they don't have anybody telling them hey what about dropping this it might make it better they just so they just throw the whole kitchen sink in there so it could have been that it could have been yeah. even better you know when those things it's like a labor of love you know when i used to do theater it's like when you when you're a playwright and you get to direct your own work it's hard to divorce yourself from that and let things go so i can't imagine but uh right. this dovetails nicely actually into my next pick which it is a game that is pretty heavy it was a Kickstarter, I believe, originally, and it's a game that I really love, but I totally notice the warts, and the biggest, fattest wart is the performing intracarion. <laughs> yep, oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so this, like I said, it's a great game. I love how the how you are placing your cards down before the turn and hiding kind of what you're going to do. And then you have your dice worker placement out on the board and you've got to build up tricks and the resource management that way. But the way that the performances are in the book, it is just with linking tricks and performing on Friday versus Saturday and who's behind who, where in the theater it's just wonky. And the first edition rule book took a whole page with picture and they still didn't quite get it right. It's in the subsequent new big box version. I think they've even honed that a little bit further, but it is just something that you go through and you go, huh? Huh? You know, it just, it doesn't quite feel intuitive. And that, that sticks in my craw a little bit. Yeah. Well, and not even, I mean that, but just the teach itself is a long teach because mm -hmm. Not only do you have to teach all the different uh, action spots and then the different player pawns and what they do and everything, but then the very first thing of the game is, okay, now pick which cards you want and put them face down. So you can't even help the other players right. with that. So right. that's a that's a tough thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I got that game. It is, uh, that performance thing was just better. And that game would be, I would guarantee it be a top 20 game for me because I oh, yeah. love Yep. Everything else about that game, just the performance thing just doesn't quite get me there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I st don't get me wrong. I still own the game and I still like the game. It's just you can, like I said, you recognize the wart and that that's a big one there. And that makes it that really contributes to a difficult teach. Yeah. So that's Tricarion for my third pick. 
All right, so I'm ready to do my last two here. And my third one I'm going to go with is a game that has a lot, a lot of components, a lot of different decks of cards. Not only is it a worker placement game with a lot of different workers, but the workers are each different and they each have different abilities. And that is Argent the Consortium. Ooh, yeah, good pick. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. This is one of those games where, like I said, I mean, you put it out, it's got the, it's got a treasure deck and it's got a spell deck and it's got a, you know, I mean, like all these different decks. And then you have like, uh, is it like nine different boards or something? It's been a while since I played it. It is a lot of boards. There's like nine different boards (laughs) or something like that. And then each board has something different. And then, like I said, you then have uh, different colors of uh, mages that are the workers mm-hmm. that each have different powers. Then you, as whoever your player is, you'll have a special plot power. And then you have to say, and these are how the spells work, and this is how this works. And there's just a lot of stuff going on in that Well, game. and see, I... I think, see, I didn't pick this because I was saving it for the hard to set up draft because I can't even get past that part. I don't know if I have all the rooms on the B side or the C side. And if I took the other power with the crystals or the, I mean, it's crazy. You're not lying. Yeah. And one, and I ended up getting rid of it just because of that, even since I enjoy the game. Yeah. But once again, it is just one of those games where I'm like, I just don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze. And that's so I just decided eventually to get rid of it, even since I do enjoy it. And if either one of you said, you know, put it on the table and said, let's play, I'd be all over it. But I just, it's so much going on and just, just too hard for me to teach new people. So I just, yeah, just uh, don't. I I still have it in my collection. I actually have an insert for it as well. And, oh, shocker again. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I can't I can't disagree with you. It's one that it has not gotten off my shelf in a while just because I would have to I would have to reread the rules the, the whole thing pretty much, ready yeah. to teach because mm-hmm. yeah, all the rooms, all the different powers and you can even set up where each mage can be it, even though they already have different powers but within that same class, you could select different powers for each mage. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And then, and then on top of it, you got to actually, I always get lost in that game, like getting spells, doing all these spells, and then forgetting to actually win the game. You need to look at those cards, oh, the yeah. different advisors, and yeah. find out who you actually need to, yeah. to influence. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's that's even another part to teach. It's like, oh, and by the way, yeah. So, all right. So that's my number three, Argent the Consortium. Okay. So for my last pick, you know, this is a no-brainer, and I, I thought I could kind of hold this one off to the end, even since I know I taught both of you guys this game. I didn't think this would be one that would be on yours, but th- this is Twilight Imperium, all right? And I specifically am going to say Twilight Imperium 3, even since, you know, uh, TI4 is, you know, obviously very long to teach also, but TI3 with both expansions, I used to, when I played this game regularly, it would seem like there almost every single time we'd play it, uh, a new player would be involved, you know, when we get there. So I would have to teach. I would have to tell the new player to be there at least an hour before everybody else so that I could go through and I had cheat sheet notes where I made up myself mm-hmm. of this point and that point and had to talk about this and that. And, you know, I will say to me, and I've played it a lot, but Twilight Imperium, the actual game, it's not that complicated. I mean, it's, you know, you take an action, you know, you move a token, you move some ships around and you're trying to do some, you know, different things. It's not hugely complicated, but there's so much that is going on. The rules just take a very long time to talk about. And not only, I mean, you got the action cards, you got the political phase, you got, 
you know, this is how you do combat. This is how you do this. And with the expansion, they had distant sons and they had mercenaries and they had just all these things that you had to talk about. And then most of the time when I teach new people this, then they don't even pay attention to what the actual objective is to win the game, which you have these objectives, which is to win, get 10 points. So then you have to tell, but you know, you got to make sure you pay attention to this. Yeah. Yeah. That might be fun to build up this fleet or go attack or whatever, but you're not going to win the game if you don't do these things over there. So I have to give my number four 100% to uh, good old Twilight Imperium. And, I, and I'm going to be specific on this one and say Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition. Yeah, I can't disagree. And that is a, a game that was basically like a bucket list game for me that I, I don't want to go through to teach again. Like it's one of those like if you could do like the Matrix thing, you just plug something in the back of my head and <laughs> upload it. I'm in, but I, I do not want to sit through a teaching. Why haven't we tried that yet? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I totally agree on that one. I, 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 it was fun, and I will definitely remember it. There were some memorable things, but it's just it is. It's a long time for that. Oh boy, if we had one of those things plugged in, oh, I would. I would never game get, changer. <laughs> I would. I would never get rules wrong. So then I would, oh, yeah. you know, get to play new games when I find out rule, rule, right rules. There you go. <laughs> All right. All right, back to you, Chad. What's your last pick? So my last pick, it gets... These games get a reputation for being heavy and hard and maybe even elitist and sort of a barrier that if you can break through this, then you're a heavy gamer. But it it's not necessarily that. The 18xx set of games kind of have this idea to them. But I would... And I'm going to say 1830 because I've only played a few 18xx games and that the 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 base one that kind of has a little bit more stock market manipulation and those kinds of things but i would just say that it's more of how you have to tailor the teach it is a very interactive game and if you just go into it where you just smother somebody and then they sit through you know 4 hours of a game or 5 hours of a game where they're just getting pasted that's not fun and you haven't created somebody who's going to be a fan of the 18xx genre you we've talked a little bit about hand holding i don't mean to sound patronizing but you want to create a good experience so you want to make sure that that player understands at least a little bit of what they're doing how they're doing it you want to kind of make sure everybody at the table knows that okay look we're not trying to bankrupt this person in the first four turns. You know, we're not. So you you want to create with them a love of this game, as as many games, you know, we want to do. But because you can be ousted, you know, in the game, because you can really get blocked, you can get tanked, you know, it can be an aggressive game. That is what makes us teach, let's say, delicate. Almost if, if somebody, if you have some experienced players, and then you got somebody new. It's tough probably for the experienced players because you want to play a good, strong game. But I mean, obviously that's, you know, as an unexperienced player, you're going to do a lot of stupid things and probably not build in the optimal ways and things like that. So that, that would be tough to, you know, to always, yeah, try to try to teach and yet still play your game. I remember when we played our game of 1846, uh, Sean, uh, one of our listeners, he did a great job of teaching, but there is a certain point where it's almost like, okay, well, you got to go, you got to do your own thing. I can't tell you buy this company or play this track here, you know, type of thing. So yeah, that, that does make it hard. I would definitely say 18 XX games are, you just got to play them and kind of start to learn. I think you're going to fail a lot to start with and 
you know. Yeah. But even in that game of 1846, there were at least a couple times where he and the other player who had played before were basically you could see tacitly agreeing not to token us out of certain certain spots so that we could get sure. to Chicago sure. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So they still handily beat us, but yes, yeah. but yes, but they were they weren't you know <laughs> yeah. purposely crushing us. Gr- so. Exactly. Yep. One hundred percent. No, great pick. All right, and for my last pick, I'm going to go with. A game that I think Clef actually just mentioned in passing uh, earlier in the list, and that is A Feast for Odin. Ah. Ah. Okay. Ye of the 63 worker spots? I think it's 61 in the base game. Okay. The expansion adds more. (laughs) Because why not? we need more. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, and with this game, it's just, it it overwhelms you. So, I mean, when when you go to teach someone and you have to say, well, this is the... You know, worker placement's easy to teach, that mechanism. And then you go, well, these are your 61 spots that you're going to need to know. And then on top of that, you got to learn patchwork. And <laughs> here's some islands that you need. You need these islands to win. You got it. And yeah. you eventually got to get them. Oh. I mean, the first couple times I played, I was like, I don't I have no clue how anyone's working right. on these islands as well. I, I can't I do fill up what that. I got already. Exactly. Right, yeah. Right. But yeah, it. It oh, is a game that takes a lot. The, the, not even to mention the feed the people. Is, oh, yeah, you exactly, know, like yeah. Not just a, here's the normal feed the people. No, we got to be complicated with that, too. Yep. <laughs> and Yeah, so this game just kind of overwhelms you with a, a lot of stuff up front. And, but fantastic game once you can get over that hurdle. Yeah, those, I mean, I thought about it the other day when I when I got it out and looked at it. Those Vikings are like like picky five-year-olds. Like, what do you mean the blue food can't touch <laughs> yeah, the other blue, yeah. blue food? Yeah, you got to put red food by yeah, exactly. Just give me a break. <laughs> Eat your damn food. <laughs> there we go, guys. Okay, I'll, uh, let's do a little recap here. So Chad has, for his first pick was Arkwright. Uh, next was Decrypto. Then Tricarion, and finally 1830. All right, Richie came in with Root, Matinai, Feudum, and A Feast for Odin. And then I, Clef, came in with Madeira, Vinos, Argent the Consortium, and Twilight Imperium 3. Okay, so you know what you can do, listeners. You can go to our guild 3227. We'll have a poll up when this drops, and you can vote on the uh, the best and the worst list. So this is kind of how do you vote for this? I mean, is this you you agree with us or yeah, maybe you so. disagree you they, or you know? I mean, like I don't know. I mean, or you can just pick me. That's I fine. think everybody has their own criteria. A couple of a hey. couple of times there was a not Chad vote circulating. Yeah, as, yeah as, I like that. As long <laughs> as Richie or I win, I'm good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and we want to see your list as well. Make sure you put yeah, those oh, in the right. absolutely. In the that's that's really the fun part. Yeah, definitely see what show us what you got. All right, punch punch. So thank you for hanging with us. We're trying to get back on schedule. We are going to, in uh, another week or so, we're going to release our reviews as voted on by our patrons, our new patrons. And we kind of had a tie. So we won't always get to do this, but we just said, what the heck? We're just going to do both games. So we're going to do a review of Bora Bora and Pillars of the Earth. And this was in response to some people saying, gosh, we wish you would talk about some older games out there. So nice. hopefully hopefully you guys will get something out of that. What if somebody wants to vote on the next reviews or drafts that we do? Well, golly gee, then you can be a, a patron oh, and yeah. go to our Patreon page. That's right. So just even a dollar a month and you get to vote and tell us what you want to hear out of That's us. That's right. So if you want to become a patron, you can just go to punchboardparadise.com. And it will lead you straight to the link, or you can actually just go to the website if you want to also and just go to Punchboard Paradise. And like I said, uh, you know, 
if you can, it's great. It's going to help us get some new equipment and uh, be able to help you know just pay for the different things that we have to pay to do this podcast. But if you can't, we we appreciate everything you guys have to you to do for us already. We love you guys so much, and I think that's it. We are we done here? I think we're done, guys. I, it's been so good to guys to have you guys all back in the wonderful basement studio I'm of a, my house here i'm actually glad chad doesn't know how to plug in his microphone yeah, I, kind of am too. <laughs> I plugged in the microphone uh <laughs> obviously that, not <laughs> that, what am i gonna plug it in for the last two minutes all right that being said <laughs> that being said uh, y'all thank you very much for listening please stay healthy take care of your loved ones take care of your friends and keep connecting let us know you know if if you if, if we can do anything for you too. take care of yourselves all right everybody have a good night thanks for listening punchboard paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies you can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com you can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. All right, so for my last pick, since we're going to be doing honorable mentions, I'm going to go with this one because it's got the, the better story. This is how you know you've, you've taught the game badly or that <laughs> you've had a hard time hard hard teach there and that's when chad lifts up his screen excitedly because he just ended the game <laughs> oh what a great story <laughs> excitedly lifts up to his screen he's like i think i won and myself josh and clef have to inform him that he scored zero points he, he in fact did not win he in fact scored zero points and that's in yellow and yangtze <laughs> Uh, my mom actually I talked to my mom today and she goes she goes I saw where they called you out because you messed up the recording (laughs) (laughs) I was like yeah ma actually I wrote that post myself but yeah